Hello and welcome to the Come Follow Me podcast. This week we're reading Doctrine and Covenants, section 121 through 123. We've discussed previously Joseph's experience in Liberty Jail. The things he went through and the things he learned in captivity. The end of this revelation is relevant for our day. Section 121, verse 34 says, But behold, there are many called, but few are chosen. We've heard this phrase a lot. What does it actually mean? A good example is member missionary work. We have been told for decades, every member a missionary. This is the call that we have all been given. This is the part about many are being called. However, the few that are chosen, these are the ones that choose themselves to bask in the glorious blessings that come from hearkening to this call. We have all been called to love our neighbor, to be kind, and to forgive. Yet few of us actually choose to live this way. Please notice the way that that was phrased. Few of us actually choose to live that way. It's our choice, really. We have all been called to do these things, yet those that are chosen are the ones that decide to act as God has commanded us to act, to do as he has commanded us to do. Verse 34 continues, And why are they not chosen? Because their hearts are set so much upon the things of this world and aspire for the honors of men that they do not learn this one lesson. One lesson? Man, this is good stuff. I love it when it's direct and simple. What it is saying is that if we want to be one of God's chosen, if we have a desire to have a personal relationship with him, We need to understand this one thing, and this is what it is. Verse 36, that the rights or the blessings or the gifts of the priesthood are inseparably connected with the powers of heaven, and that the powers of heaven cannot be controlled nor handled only upon the principles of righteousness. In other words, Or to say it in a different way, in order to call down the powers of heaven, we must be righteous and be doing it for a righteous reason. Or as directed by the Spirit, which can only be heard if we are righteous. That's huge. How I understand this principle is that if I'm aware of a need or a blessing for a family member, for a friend, for myself, and I repent and strive to become righteous? The dictionary gives this definition of righteousness. A person's conduct being morally right or justified. Also virtuous, it says. I can seek God's will, and if they are in alignment, I can call down the powers of heaven with absolute faith, and miracles will happen. It's really that simple. So why don't we? 
What is keeping us from understanding this principle and what is keeping us from actually calling down the powers of heaven to have miracles in our lives every single day? Well, that starts in verse 37. That they may be conferred upon us, meaning the priesthood, that is true. But when we undertake to cover our sins or to gratify our pride, our vain ambitions, or to exercise control or dominion or compulsion upon the souls of the children of men in any degree of unrighteousness, behold, the heavens withdraw themselves. The Spirit of the Lord is grieved, and when it is withdrawn, amen to the priesthood or the authority of that man. Behold, ere he is aware, he is left unto himself to kick against the pricks, to persecute the saints, and to fight against God. It's interesting here that when we choose to do any of these things just listed, to cover our sins, to gratify our pride, to exercise dominion unrighteously over someone, it almost becomes that we step to the other side, left to ourselves to kick against the pricks. I know what that feels like. I've been in that position where you feel like you've offended the heavens and you're alone to do it all yourself with no eternal help. It's a horrible feeling. And here it describes even more of being on the other side, not just to go at it alone, but here to persecute the saints and to fight against God. How fast we can switch sides, going from faithful, righteous servants to being an enemy to God. And this comes when you start to exercise unrighteous dominion over his children. Verse 39 says, We have learned by sad experience that it is the nature and disposition of of almost all men. As soon as they get a little authority, as they suppose, they will immediately begin to exercise unrighteous dominion. This can happen at a stake level. This can happen at a ward level. And this can happen in your home. When someone who is called to a position of authority all of a sudden thinks that they are now a ruler or a dictator over that organization. These men and women do not understand that any calling in the church or in the home is given for you to be a servant to those who you are called to serve, not a dictator, not a ruler, and not one who has ultimate authority. If you are called as a bishop to your ward, that is God's ward that you are called to serve over, not to rule over. Verse 40, Hence many are called, but few are chosen. No power or influence can or ought to be maintained by virtue of the priesthood, only by persuasion, by long-suffering, by gentleness, meekness, and love unfeigned, by kindness and pure knowledge, which shall greatly enlarge the soul without hypocrisy and without guile. This is what true leadership is. This is how Christ led when he was on the earth. To give love and patience 
persuasion, not commands, with kindness, with gentleness, with the pure love of Christ. There will be times, however, when correction needs to be made. In those times, verse 43 says, Reprove betimes with sharpness, when moved upon by the Holy Ghost. That second part is usually left out when people are justifying their actions. Reprove betimes with sharpness, when moved upon by the Holy Ghost. And then, showing forth afterwards an increase of love towards him whom thou hast reproved, lest he esteem thee to be thine enemy, that he may know that thy faithfulness is stronger than the cords of death. Let thy bowels be full of charity towards all men and towards the household of faith, and let virtue garnish thy thoughts unceasingly. Then shall thy confidence wax strong in the presence of God, and the doctrines and the priesthood shall distill upon thy soul as the dews of heaven. The Holy Ghost shall be thy constant companion, thy scepter of unchanging scepters of righteousness and truth, and thy dominion shall be an everlasting dominion, and without compulsory means it shall flow unto thee forever and ever. This is the essence of true leadership in the church and in the home. To always follow the Spirit when giving instruction. To love, to guide, persuade, and to do as Jesus would do. Now you might be listening to this thinking, well, I'm not a leader in the church. But we're all leaders. We're all a guide of one kind or another to our Heavenly Father's sheep. We can all become a little bit better at how we lead and how we guide, whether it's to our children or whether it's to the members of your ward. The key here is to keep yourself righteous and to seek to know the will of our Heavenly Father. When this is done, we have the ability to call down the powers of heaven, to perform miracles, to change lives, and to do His will. And when we strive to do His will in righteousness, that's when we truly become His servants, His children. Of this I testify in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.